Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We just thank you at this hour. We exalt your name once again. We come before you. We want to receive instruction. And God, we are saying thank you because you are such a loving Father and granting us insight into your world and bringing us to the fullness of realization of what our salvation is all about. We just want to thank you because you are so good, oh Father, that you cause us to see these things that men ordinarily may not be able to see. We want to appreciate you. Once again, we're asking that as we receive this word, Father of glory, let there be growth, let there be manifestation of your presence, more of your spirit be given to us so that we grow into the measure of the stature of your fullness in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right. So, again, Hebrews 12 and verse number 15 is our main text, which we're dealing with. Hebrews 12, verse number 15. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. All right. Okay. Hebrews 12, verse number 15. Look in diligence like any man of, any man fail, fail, fail. I want you to look at that word. Fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Fail of the grace of God is the key point I want you to understand. Like I keep saying, the root of bitterness will make you fail of the grace of God. And if you understand what the grace of God is, then you should be able to be very careful more than enough never to allow bitterness to cause you to fail from that grace. Hallelujah. Christ is grace. Grace is ability. Grace is strength. Grace is all of those things that enables you to do ordinarily what you cannot do. Paul will say, by the grace of God I live more than you all. Not me, but grace of God that see my life. As far as me is concerned. So what causes you to succeed in life is God's grace. Like we're praying this morning. And now the Bible is saying, the only thing that can make you fail of that grace of God is what? The root of bitterness. And that is why it is important that we take absolute control of that in our hearts. Praise the living God. Okay. Go with me to the book of Proverbs 15 verse 17. Proverbs 15 17. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a tall ox and hatred therein. You can take from another translation. I was trying to give us a comparison of the kind of atmosphere that you probably will want to live in. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than stick with someone you hate. You know what stick is? Huh? You should understand stick the ball, right? Yeah. All this heavy, heavy meat, you know. So he is saying, even if there is so much food on the ground and there's hatred in the system, it's of no value. You better go for vegetables where there is no meat, no nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Praise the living God. Hatred, bitterness is so bad. 
Praise the Lord. So when he's talking about the little Moses, go back to King James. You know when he talks about better is a dinner of herbs, you know, where love is. By implication, he's talking about where there is contentment, where there is peace, and especially domestic peace. Peace in the home. Domestic peace. Peace in the home. Amen? And all that blessings is better to stay in that atmosphere than to go into the house where there is so much. You know, the Hindus, they, they got a parable. You know, a house full of sacrifices. That's another way. They look at it. That's a bee part. You know, the Hindu priest or from record has it that you know, when they officiate in festivals, sometimes they receive so much offerings and blessings and good things that at the end, they are unable to make use of them and they go bad. Hallelujah. So here he say, you know, take a little, as long as there is love. Amen? Praise the living God. So, I'm going to be dealing with the spiritual consequences of the spiritual bitterness in your life. And in my life, if I may use the word, and why it's important that we try as much as possible to curb it. And uh, maybe next week or so, I'll be able to begin to give you steps that you can take to deal with the spirit of bitterness in curbing it and overcome it. But here, I want to deal with the spiritual consequences. Last week, I was trying to talk to you about that before. Amen. All right. So let's look at First John chapter one, verse number twenty. Spiritual consequences of the spirit of bitterness. First John one, verse number twenty. Ah, sorry. First John four, verse number twenty. First John four, verse number twenty. If a man say, "I love God," and hated his brother, is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God? Amen? Praise the living God. How can he love God whom he had not seen? How can you say you love God and yet you hate your brother? Or you have bitterness in your, in the, in your heart against your brother? How can you say you love God? Praise the living God. Are you there? So, one of the things that the spirit of bitterness does in your life is it makes it difficult for you to love God. You won't be able to love God as you ought to because your love for man has gone down. There is no pretense about that. You may think, yes, you love God, but the truth is you don't love God. Why? Because you don't love your fellow man. Once you have hatred in your heart, it's separating you, it's killing your love for God. You don't understand it. One of the things is because man is made in the image and likeness of God. By implication, what he's saying here, you don't see God, but you can see man. By implication, if you see man and you love man, automatically love God. Remember what Jesus keeps on saying. How will you say, show up the Father? If you have seen me, you see the Father. Man is meant to represent God. So if you can't see God in man, 
that your love for God continuously dies. No pretense about it. Hallelujah. So sometimes when your love for God, you, you may be thinking that, oh yes, I love God. No, 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 no. You just may be thinking that, but in the true sense, you don't love God. Why? Because you have bitterness against your brother. Your bitterness against your wife, your husband, your children, whatever the case may be, your father, your mother. You have bitterness against somebody. So you can't pretend to say you love God. If you can't love man that you see, how can you say you love God that you can't see? It's deception. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you talk to people and say, oh man, come on man. My worship is personal. You know, it's personal with God. I don't have time with anybody. You're living in deception. The word of God says, if you don't love man that you see, there is no way you can love the God you don't see. The deception. That's a consequence. One of the primary and major consequences of what? The spirit of bitterness. You'll be exhibiting hatred, automatically even towards God, unknown to you. You may be claiming that you love God, but you truly don't love God because you don't love the man that you see. You have bitterness in your heart. And so you can't by any means think that, well, the scripture, no, no, no. This is the simple truth. If you don't love God, I mean, don't love the man you see, don't ever think you love God. So the first place to express your love for God is towards man. Did you get that? The first place to express your love for God is towards man. It is how much love you express towards man that shows how much love you have for who? For God. Praise the living God. Are we still here? Number two. When you have bitterness in your spirit, you struggle to pray. As a person's thought constantly overweighs you down. Mm -hmm. Did you get that? If you have bitterness in your heart against anybody, you'll be struggling to pray. Why? Because the thought of the person you hate is constantly overweighing you down. It's weighing you down regularly. You can't pray as you ought to pray. So you see, when your prayer life is dying, you better check your hearts. There is something somewhere, there is someone's thoughts that is troubling you regularly. You may not know it, but you need to search your life. Because the freedom to express yourself before God continuously is called shots. Because of the hatred you had in your heart against somebody else. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? A court shut down, it shut down your prayer life because it weighs you down. You are always thinking about what that person has done. You are always thinking how the person hurt you. You are, you are always angry. So you can't pray. You can't pray. You don't have freedom of expression to talk to your father. Because somebody hurt you and you are bitter in your spirit. And it's continuously going to be there until you deal with that spirit. Your prayer could just be very shallow or known to you. You might be thinking you are praying, but in true sense you are not praying. 
It's just a shallow way, mumbling of words, whatever the case may be. You are not praying. Praise the living God. Number three. Mighty 6 verse 12. Mighty 6 12 says, And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Hallelujah. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. What's the implication of that? Because you have not been able to forgive those who sin against you, you will start doubting your relationship with God. You see, the primary thing is God forgive us our sins. If God forgives you your sin, you have a right relationship with him. Your mind thinks, you know, God, forgive me. God is my father. But once you have that hatred or bitterness against somebody else, you start doubting that if God truly have forgiven you. So, it flows back to your salvation even. Now, I only want to ask this question. Why will you allow somebody's lifestyle be such a thing that will begin to affect even your salvation, your relationship with God, your joy that you're supposed to be having with the Father? If you forgive us, God will forgive others. So because you are unable to forgive others, you begin to doubt if God really has forgiven you. Praise the Lord. So you end up doubting your relationship with God. And this is very important. Praise the Lord. Number four. Mighty 6, 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive men not their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive you your trespasses. So, if you don't forgive others, you are not expecting God to forgive you. That's why I say you'll be doubting your relationship with God. In this simple prayer that Jesus gave, you are actually taking a vow or making a vow or making a statement and you are telling God, Father, if I sin, don't forgive me. Because I am not prepared to forgive my brother. You are making a statement to God. <laughs> I say, forgive us our transport, even as we forgive others. And Jesus is saying, if you don't forgive other people, your heavenly father will not do what? Will not forgive you. Is Jesus talking? And I'm sure you are supposed to believe him. If you don't know how to forgive people, you are just putting yourself in prison. You're shutting yourself up. You're chaining yourself. As we go down, make you see how that the thought of somebody, you know, hatred or bitterness in your heart can literally put you in prison, spiritual prison. 
Amen. Number five. You turn back people from the kingdom because you don't forgive them. You turn back people from entering the kingdom because you hold in their sins against them. The spirit of Christ within us is the spirit of reconciliation. Second Corinthians 5. The Bible says, We are ambassadors and we are said, Be ye reconciled to God. It's the spirit of reconciliation. That is the spirit God is giving to us. With the spirit of his son. So if you don't forgive people, you are not proclaiming reconciliation to those people. And so you put up a barrier between yourself and those people and that stops them from entering into the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So instead of you being a witness, you're standing as satanic agents. Satan means opposition. Resisting the good things of God. So you stand to oppose even what God is doing. You stand at the gate that people can't step in because you are there. Why? Because you lack forgiveness. Praise the living God. So that's one of the major and dangerous spirits that you carry unknown to you. That your attitude, your unforgiving spirit... The bitterness in your heart is hindering other people from coming into the kingdom. Now you tell me, you were supposed to be a witness. To witness of people to come into the kingdom. But here you are, at this point in time, instead of being a witness, you're stopping people from coming into the kingdom. And tell me how God feels about you. Tell me how God thinks about you. In this regard. Praise God. Number six, some emotional consequences of these spirits in your life. One of the major consequences of the spirit of hatred is the spirit of depression. Depression is directly connected to unforgiveness. Depression is directly connected to the spirit of unforgiveness. It takes you a certain level of energy, for instance, to maintain a grudge. Did you hear what I said? It takes you some measure of energy, some spiritual energy to maintain a grudge. <laughs> Do you understand that? Yes. It takes some level of energy, power. To maintain a grudge, just to hate somebody, it takes some level of energy to do that. So, just as we become so tired when our physical energy is depleted, even so, we get depressed when our emotional energy is exhausted. We get depressed because we have exhausted our emotional energy against the person. That we hate. And I will go into depression. So you see, you're killing yourself unknown to you because you have the spirit of bitterness. 
Some of the depressions you might be facing have nothing to do with Satan attacking you. It's coming from this simple spirit. Why? Like I said, regularly you have these thoughts. It could be a vengeance. It could be, well, I don't want to see this person. It could be, I don't want to hear anything about this person. You are using energy, vital energy in your life to maintain that. To regularly shut down hearing the name, thinking about the person. Don't want you shutting down everything concerning that individual. It takes you energy, it, I mean, to do that. I don't know if you're getting that. So you expend your energy in keeping the barrier. And in so doing, you get exhausted. You lose energy. And with that, you fall into depression. Are you following what I'm saying now? Yes. So that power you keep on exerting to make sure you keep out the blockade, I mean the barrier, from that person not to assess you. You are exerting energy. It's like you're praying. When you pray, you are exerting energy. Do you understand that? Same way. Your mindset, your thinking, you are exerting energy to keep the barrier. And the more you exert this energy to keep this barrier, at the end of the day, you get exhausted because you're walking, but in a negative dimension. So once you get exhausted, what's the next thing that happened? You fall into depression because you lose your vital energy, which has to do with joy, which has to do with peace, which has to do with love. They're all gone. You've turned them into a negative energy to be able to stop that individual. So now you fall into depression. Hallelujah. Take, take, take for instance, if you lose a loved one for at least one or two months, you know your state. Why do you think it's like that? Because you are exerting energy in expressing your loss. The feeling of losing that individual. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. You go down, you become low, you become moody. Why? Because your love, you see, something happened to your love for that individual. You're missing that person, a part of you is gone. So, you go down in a moody situation. Same way, when you exert the love and the joy you have and turn into a negative force to keep people out of your presence, to keep people from, I mean, from you not hearing people, you exert so much energy in this negative dimension that naturally you become depressed because you don't have a vital energy of joy again to live. You lost all of that. Because you convert them negatively to keep it as a barrier for people not to come to your life. Because of the spirit of bitterness. Praise the Lord. Let me, let me read a scripture here. Go with me to Zechariah 12 verse 10. Zechariah 12 verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one that mourned for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness 
first Paul now said. Did you get this? In other words, they come into the place of regret for what they've done to Jesus. In other words, their eyes have been opened to know we were not supposed to crucify Jesus, but that we've done. So, they come to the place of regret, the spirit of bitterness overtakes them, and they begin to mourn. And when you start mourning, what is that supposed to mean? You are in the spirit of what? Of depression. You are in pains. So, you see, bitterness brings pains to your life. Praise the living God. That is something you cannot afford to accommodate. That is something you cannot afford to cherish. It brings pains to your life. It causes you to be moody. It causes you to be depressed all the time. Joy will always evaporate from your present, from your life, because you are bitter against somebody. It brings regrets because you keep on calculating maybe the things you've done for this individual before. So you begin to regret some of the help you have rendered, some of the love you've shown. You begin to regret all of those things. You fall into depression. You can afford that in your life. You can afford that. I appeal to you. You can afford to maintain such spirits where you'll be losing vital energy regularly just because of what somebody did to you. No. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? Number seven. I'm showing you the consequences of the spirit of bitterness. Number seven is you lose your concentration in God because you are directing all your energy on the one who has offended you. <laughs> you lose your concentration in God because now you are focusing all your energy on the person that offended you. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible says, seek here the Lord and you find him. You won't have the time to seek the Lord anymore. That's why we say it affects your prayer life. Because when you talk about seeking the Lord in prayers, you got to do that. But now you can't pray because you're aware that. Your focus is on the one that offended you. All your energy is channeled toward that individual. So you lose concentration in God. As you focus on human being who has offended you. You can afford that. It's too costly to live in bitterness. It's too costly to live in hatred. Because you lose focus. God will no longer be so important to you. You may not deliberately want to think that way. Because every minute of the day you are thinking of the matter offended you. So you're losing God. The Bible talks about meditating upon the word of the Lord day and night. I mean if you understand that. That's concentration. When you're meditating on the word of God day and night, it shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, whose leaves shall not wither in dry season. That's concentration. That's meditation. But now, instead of you doing that, somebody's life has taken the place of God in your life. Now you tell me, instead of becoming like a tree that will not be withered, what happens to you? You'll be dying down. You'll be, you'll be shivering your, your leaves quick out of the, with your joy and everything that's about your life. Are you following this? 
You can afford this, friends. It's too costly. The spirit of bitterness. You know, the more I try to study this something, the more I'm saying, God help me. That I will not, for any reason, one day, keep somebody in my heart in terms of bitterness or hatred. Because the consequences are enemies. Praise the living God. Number eight. <laughs> and this one looks funny. The more you concentrate on these individuals, you begin to act like them. Because you'll be taking on the person's character unknown to you. You are taking the basic attitude of this individual that led to the action. The more you concentrate on people that offend you, the more you become like them because you are taking on the basic attitude and character of these people. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Good. The more you concentrate on those that you are bitter about, the more you take their character. You are indirectly buying their attitudes and destroying your own character and values because of the person you are focusing on. Because you see, when you focus on God, you get God's character into your life. So if you focus on man who have hated you, you take on the man attribute into your life. So you say you'll be changing your personality because you hate somebody. You'll be changing your personality because you have bitterness in your heart against somebody. Your character often and now begins to change. You know, you have people sometimes have living together for such a long time and somewhere along the line issue comes in and Somebody will say, but ah, you were not like it before. I say, yes. Was I like it before? Uh, have you heard things like that? Yeah. Was I like it before? When we were together, was I like it before? You changed me. Why did the person change you? You had hatred in your heart. Now you picking the attributes of hatred, even all of the attributes in the man's life, into your life. You changing your personality because of the spirit of bitterness and hatred against somebody. It could be happening to you, maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe your children. You're picking up, you're changing your own character unknown to you. You will have been very lovely before. People know you to be a lovely person. All of a sudden, you begin to see yourself manifesting hatred. And guess what? It's not just to an individual, because once it becomes your character, it'll be revealed to other people. You understand what I'm saying? Praise the living God. Come on, are we together? Mm-hmm. So, number nine, you make the person you hate and you have bitterness in your heart against to become your God. Mm-hmm. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Hallelujah. But we all, with open faith, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the same Spirit of the Lord. The more you focus on God, 
the more you become like God. It's similar to what I just said before. Now, you focus in on man, you become a like man, that man becomes your God. And that will take me to the next thing I'm going to give to you. The man automatically becomes your God. Unknown to you. You will not be thinking that, no, 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 but that is exactly what it is. The person has taken the place of God in your life. Negatively unknown to you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So this is the point. The more you focus on God, the more you become God-like. The more you focus on Christ, the more you become Christ-like. So now the more you focus on man because of hatred, the more you become man-like. Again I say you can afford that. Hallelujah. Mentally, and that's number nine. You become a slave to the one you hate or dislike. This is because he controls your thoughts. And so you can't enjoy yourself or the walk anymore that you're trying to do. Please, this is very serious. Can I say that again? You become a slave. To the one you hate or dislike. Because it controls your thoughts. All the time. You're thinking about this individual. Therefore, you can't enjoy your life. You are a slave to that person. Every action of that person that you hate. Means something to you. You always think about that person's action. Either towards you or even towards other people. You are a slave already. Somebody is controlling you or known to you. You have allowed this individual that you hate and dislike to become a controlling factor in your life. And that is something I say again, too costly. That instead of being controlled by the spirit of Christ, another person is controlling your life. That is painful. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example on this. 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 10. 1 Samuel 18 verse 10. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house and David played with his hand and as other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hands. Verse 11. And Saul cast a javelin for he said, I will smite David into the wall. I mean, I will smite David to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. What led Saul to the point of trying to spear David to death. Just because the women sang that Saul is killed a thousand and David is killed ten thousand. Bitterness came into the heart of Saul. And you can see what Saul was now about to do. He wants to kill just because he's got hatred for who? For David. Even though David was there to calm his spirit. 
Playing to calm this negative spirit in the life of Paul, I mean Saul, amounts to nothing anymore. The hatred, the bitterness has taken over. Saul was supposed to be enjoying the music that David was playing, but he could no longer enjoy the music. Why? Hatred. And it's come to the point where he wants to literally kill David. Somebody's life will control you to the point that you want to commit murder. Just because of the spirit of bitterness. Free yourself from that. Praise the living God. Are you following me? You need to free yourself from that. Look at the life of Saul. Three times he has to escape this attempt of Saul upon his life. Why? Just because he had bitterness in his heart against who? Against David. And that originated because he became jealous, he became envious. And these are the factors I mentioned before. The sign for bitterness in your life is envy and jealousy. Hallelujah. And when it start growing, it could develop to the point you literally want to kill the person. And that's why I say, now think about that. Saul was always calculating on what to do. Therefore, the hatred and bitterness in the heart of Saul was not a, I mean, a controlling factor in his life. In other words, David was not the one controlling Saul. Anytime David shows up, Saul is into another spirit. Did you get that? Anytime David shows up, Saul's mind is off. He was a slave to the presence of David. Now he wants to eliminate David, but God was on his side. Amen. Praise the living God. Are we still here? Finally, what number is this? Number 12. Am I right? 11 rather. Generational transfer. It's what we do, especially in Africa. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse number 9. Thou shalt not bow thyself down to images, nor serve them, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God, with the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. When there is no love, hatred works. And when hatred begins to walk in your life, you don't even know how you transfer the same hatred to your children and to your children's children. This is so bad. <laughs> I don't know if I get in that. I gave you a story here some time ago. I went to the village to visit my mom. And uh, it's a small village, S0 by name. Normally, when I get there, I go around greeting everybody in the hamlet, greeting everybody. So that day I come in and I just drop my things on the floor. And next thing my mom is saying, I know you're going to be going out to greet everybody now, but don't enter that house. That man quarreled with me. I don't talk to him anymore. I don't greet him anymore. I said, okay, that's good, mom. I've heard you. So I went out. And when I go to the man's place, he was eating. And he said, oh, my son, you are back from school now. I said, yes, oh, sit down, let's eat. I sat down. And then we started eating. <laughs> so by the time I was done, I came back home. My mom said, did you enter Paul's house? I said, yes. So what happened? I said, I was eating and I ate. You ate in Paul's house. I told you to face my enemy. You ate in my enemy's house. I said, listen to me. Very soon you will die. You can't create enemies for me when you are about to leave. 
you are old enough to go. I have to live my life. You can't transfer hatred that you carry in your stomach and give it to me and leave me here. No, I can't take that. He says, Is that what you said? That's exactly what I said. Did you understand what I'm saying? And that's it. You see parents transferring this spirit. So they'll tell you, that family, this is what they did to our grown grandfather. I don't know if I'm getting that. Yeah. So even as you are growing up, mind your relationship with those person children. And then you pick that. And then you live with that. You live by that. And when your children grows up, you are going to repeat the same thing. You see? Uh, you are just growing up now. You know, children, you, you work anyhow. But that family in this community, this is where we are. We are very far apart. Don't have any relationship with the children. You keep on transferring hatred. And God himself makes sure you suffer for the things you are doing. And even your children end up suffering from this strand of transfer. Because you hate God. You know what he said in the beginning? If you can't love the man you see, how can you say you love God that you can't see? So when you hate people, automatically you hate God. God is not saying, I'm going to deal with you because of the hatred you are exhibiting towards me. It's me you hate. You are not, you think you hate my No, It's me that you hate. Because if you cannot love the man that you see, how can you love the God that you don't see? And God now said, those who hate me, I will do this to their children. So you keep on transferring hatred along the line. Your family begins to live in hatred. And this is why you have some sicknesses that are generational. They can't be cured because the root cause of it is bitterness and hatred. And it begins to run through the family. I don't know if I get what I'm saying now. We've got to be careful with this spirit, people. I know what I'm talking about. As much as possible, avoid the spirit of bitterness. Avoid hatred in any manner. Because you are dealing with God and God has a way of dealing with you. It is hatred you are manifesting. Don't transfer this spirit to your children and to your children's children. Be a source of love and light to people, to your family. Let your family see people from another perspective, not the perspective that you see them. No matter what anybody have done to you, don't repeat this thing to your children as what people did to you. If you had a problem with somebody before, allow your children to be neutral. Let them live their life. Don't bring all of those things. Don't bring recourse. Don't tell them how the person dealt with you some years back. Stop those history. It has no impact. It has no effect in the life of your children. It will rather destroy them. Praise the living God. I don't know if I'm getting what I'm saying here. You see, Nigeria fought a civil war. And by now, we should have been able to overcome all of the negative effects of that civil war. But you see, our people who keep on repeating history, telling the people that were not born then, how people died and all that. There's nothing wrong. Yes, I agree, we can. But have you considered the negative effect such things will have on the people you are talking to? The evil man will not want to see somebody else from another community because they failed, they abused them, they did all of those things to them. That's what I'm saying. You're transferring hatred to your children. By the time they come out, they begin to live with that spirit. And they will see the other tribe to be wicked. They will see the other tribe to be bad. There are some hatreds you are not allowed to tell your children. Save them. Save their lives. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? 
there are some stories you are not permitted to tell your children. Swallow them, die with them. There are some people you can't by any means make your people see or your children see to be negative in your life. They are not necessary. Allow these people to live out the life of Christ that is given to them. Praise the living God. Friends, I just came to appeal to your conscience again this morning to let you know that there is more to life than living with the spirit of bitterness and what? And hatred. Praise the living God. Once again, let's stand up. We just want to talk to God very briefly. Let's talk to God very briefly. We need to just talk to God. It's important. Uh, if, if, you, if you know what I'm saying, if you've considered this thing that I'm talking about, if you see the implication of what I'm saying, that you need to really pray and talk to God about it. And see how much God can help you. Sometimes you could have been a, a victim of what I'm saying by repeating certain negative stories about people to your children, to your relation, to your wife, and all of those things. You don't need all of that. Allow the spirit of Christ to flow in them. Don't put them in bondage. I am telling you, people you hate end up controlling your life, which is not supposed to be. They end up controlling your spirit. They end up controlling. They, they make you lose focus in God. No, you just set your spirit. What is the dimension, the time you gave to meditating about people that offend you and the one you gave to God? What are the time ratio? What is the ratio of the time? What is the equation like? When the attention on man is greater than that of God, man is not controlling your life. Not only controlling, man has become your God. Inadvertently. You may not know it, but he has become your God. So you need to pray. You need to ask God for forgiveness. This is very important. No. How will you want to be wasting your mental energy on somebody else? And leading to the spirit of depression. Why will you allow that? Your health issues. Why will you allow that? Just because of somebody's life. Just because of somebody who is not. No, 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 no. You got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive that individual. You got to repent of this attitude. And free yourself. Some such issues. God has help for every one of us. The solution is very simple. Forgive others. Even as God has forgiven you. And you pray that. Lord forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those that trespass against us. Can we just take that prayer. And then we'll close for this morning. Just take that prayer alone. Wherever the offense is. Whatever had been the issue. Just talk to the Lord at this moment. Lord, I forgive. Forgive me. Lord, I forgive. I forgive. Lord, I forgive. Just talk to the Father. I forgive right at this hour. Lord, help me. I need your spirit. I forgive right now. Whatever it was, Lord, I forgive. Talk to your Father about that. You need the faith spirit of forgiveness so that you be free, so that you be cleared out. From every impact, negative impact of that spirit of hatred. If there is any sickness in your life that is as a result of this, at this moment, even as you forgive, I command that sickness to disappear in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let healing take place in your life just because you've forgiven that individual. That God also will forgive you. The world root cause might be completely dealt with. At this hour, talk to your father. There are men that have offended you, yes. It doesn't matter how many years back. You just got to forgive them right now. 
so that you can have the liberty to experience God, to experience the joy of God and the love of God. It's so vitally important. We're talking of a new life and a new season. The time that God's life, his kingdom, his peace will begin to flow into your life. This is only achieved as you clean out from the spirit of bitterness and hatred against the people that have offended you. That God himself will show for his mercy. And don't forget, he said, I am eagerly talking to you, praying to you, asking you that you will not fail of the grace. Hallelujah. See that no man misses the grace of God. Fail of the grace of God through the spirit of bitterness. See that no man fail of the grace of God. You need to admonish yourself. Are you failing in the grace of God? Are you losing some of the impacts and the life and the spirit of Christ? Are you missing that? That's what he's saying. See to it that you don't fail of the grace of God. Because of somebody's life, don't let somebody control your life. Forgive them now. Clean up now. Come into a new season in God, in your spirit, and in your life. Father God, I pray for your children this morning. And I'm asking God that every root of bitterness be broken in their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Every negative thought that they have before. Where I'm praying, God, let no man control your children anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ. I release the grace of God upon your life. That will enable you to function and to come to the place of fulfillment and satisfaction. In the name of the Lord Jesus. No enemy will take advantage of the spirit of bitterness to haunt you, to subdue you, to control you. I take authority against that in the name of Jesus Christ. Let no man's spirit be a controlling factor in your life. But Christ's spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be made whole. Be made free. Let grace speak for you. Let grace work for you. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org. God bless you.